Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Vanderpump Rules to Motherhood and everywhere in between, it's time to catch up with Sheena Shea. This is Shenanigans. And now, here's your host, Sheena Shea. Hello, everyone. We are getting back into some shenanigans with Jason Tardick, fellow Dear Media podcaster, author, host, reality star, so many other things. We could go on and on. Jason, how are you? I'm doing so well. It's ready to get into some shenanigans here. Thank you for having me. Yeah, thanks for being here. I I see your book right there on the table behind you. Imagine that. It's placed perfectly right I, it there. Really and <laughs> congratulations on this. Thank so wait, you. is this your first book or this is just the most recent? This is the first one. I have another one that I'm working on now. Um, okay. So it's the first one and it's all about kind of rewiring and reshaping your career for you, for it to be what you want it to be as opposed to kind of like how the system leads you in a certain direction. Interesting. Yeah. Got it. All right. So before we get into all of that, I kind of want to go back to uh, life before The Bachelorette. Yeah. So you're from Buffalo. Yep. Born and raised in Buffalo. Now you're living in Nashville. Mm -hmm. So was it, was it Caitlin that brought you to Nashville or did you guys meet when you were already there? I forget because I actually was out there. The only time I've been out there was to do her podcast and she did mine. And I think that was like right when you guys started dating. Oh, get out of here. Yeah. So that yeah. was kind of like the storyline of my little storyline was I grew up Buffalo, bounced around pretty much everywhere for corporate America. You tell me where to go, I'll go. Uh-huh. I ended up getting my MBA in accounting and finance at night. And then there was a big move that brought me to Seattle. And then when I was out in Seattle, you know, we could get into the weeds about it or not, but I was kind of just in the dumps. Uh, what I was uh, offered to do as far as title and compensation lined, but like where I was at mentally was that was an ugly place. And Weirdly enough, the Bachelorette came knocking and, and I went in for the application once they did, end up on the show, get off the show, go back to work, 
three months later, they make the decision on who's going to be the next bachelor. Uh, it's between a few of us. They go with Colton Underwood. And when I went back to work, Caitlin had her podcast out in Seattle and she interviewed me. And so when Caitlin interviewed me, it was the first time I had ever met her in Seattle, Washington. Right. In like, okay. Where was it? I'm like remembering this story now. Yeah, it's yeah. all coming back. And as a result of that, we hit it off. We were friends for a little bit, started dating. And then um, I talk about it in the book. And unfortunately, it's hit some headlines. But Caitlin and I, uh, Caitlin shared a funny story about our sex life. And it led to my work putting me in a position where they said, either restart your career at the bank and no more of this shit outside the bank, no more media, no more podcasts, no more side hustle, or go restart your brand outside of the bank. And so I did just that. I left the bank and I was in Seattle at the time. And what we said was, hey, I'll come to Nashville. We'll do it for like six months and like figure out what we're going to do. Well, here we are three and a half years later and I'm still in Nashville, Tennessee with Caitlin and our two pups. And that's what brought me here. Wow. Oh my God. That's so interesting that, I mean, just a total... 180 uh, life switch to go from corporate America to reality TV and everything in between. It's literally wow. the exact opposite. Like the one lifestyle is like, wake up super early, dress the part, act the part, talk how you're supposed to talk and exceed expectations in a very politically correct way. And the other thing is like, I can like a complete shit show, like this Everything you know all about it. Oh, uh, totally. A, a pure mess. So when those worlds came together as one, where I finish recording, I will go back to work, and then they're airing the show, and all this stuff's happening. I mean, it was. I get stressed thinking about it. Oh my god! Yeah, I get stressed when I watch other reality shows, just thinking, "Oh my god, we're about to start this again <laughs> for the tenth time." <laughs> <laughs> Unbelievable. Okay, so now the restart roadmap. Now I get the title. This makes sense. You just had to restart it all. Exactly. It was just kind of the ultimate restart. And so the whole idea behind the book is um, essentially through like sitting on the tables and in conference rooms, not on, in uh, with some of the Forbes like highest ranked executives, uh, all the way to seeing, you know, unscripted television, like you've seen many, many times. And then even because of unscripted television, seeing some of the best and the brightest when it comes to like marketing and positioning, like a Michael Strahan or a Hoda or Kathy Lee, seeing them and watching it behind the scenes and then seeing them on the camera crush it. I have so many takeaways as it relates to marketing, negotiating, positioning that I think like our average day employee just either doesn't see or doesn't get exposed to. And so in this book, I kind of take all these lessons, all the things I've learned from others and myself and put it in a nice little roadmap that you can make either the smallest changes to your career for it to be that much better, or you can make massive changes with some of the stuff in the book. That's the idea behind it. I love that. So how long did it take you to write the book? So the process worked in, in March. I had in March of 2020, I had an agent reach out. Okay. We then put together a 50 page proposal. And once you put the proposal together, you have to like shop it out to publishers. So we just went to the big five publishers first. And what happened was we put a deadline and four of the five ended up passing. Now, three of them went through like a deeper process where they interviewed me and this and that, everything else. And then at the last minute, HarperCollins came through with an offer. So awesome. that was in June of 2020. And then it didn't get on the shelves till April of 2022. So that's almost two years from that's idea crazy. generation to publication. I know. And I know there was like supply shortage issues and stuff and, yeah. and supply chain issues with like paper and shit, but I, I couldn't believe how long it took. Just crazy. 
That is insane. I mean, even sometimes with like certain shows when you're getting them off the ground, like we shot our pilot in 2011, but we weren't on air till 2013. So crazy. it's crazy how much work goes into something. And then it's finally, it's out. It is available for order. How exciting. That is definitely a goal of mine. So did you know that you always wanted to write a book? Like when you were in college, did you think like one day I'll write a book or was this just... No, I had no idea. I think like if there's, you know, I think about like takeaways, right? Like if someone's listening, like what is an actual takeaway that you could think about? I had no idea about the book. But what I did know is that the world was in like complete shambles in 2020. So what I did was I started a, a consulting group called Restart Consulting, where we really focus on getting the shit people don't learn in schools, but they have to know as it relates to career management. And financial That's so true. Yeah. There. So I just kept putting like something I'm passionate about, something I've studied, did it my way and just kept getting it out there in blogs and posts and any type of forum I could. And they started to get some pretty good traction, started to build a really good community. We had a newsletter, a networking group, text line, all this stuff. And it was actually one book agent who came across it. She saw what I was doing and she said, hey, the world's kind of restarting and I see what you're doing. Maybe there's a book concept here. So I think if someone's listening, like the takeaway there, no, I didn't have a damn plan at all. Now I'm writing book two. I love you, that. Right? But if you have a thought or an idea or a message or an expertise in something, put the shit out there. Like you have no idea where people might bite at it. Totally. Yeah. I mean, just think about like the things that every, what's like the common denominator with most people, right? Like most people have to find a job. Most people want to get paid more. Most people have to budget or buy a home or get a credit card or, you know, pay their taxes, file their taxes. This is stuff like we're never taught. Like we're never, like the things that like every human has to do, we are taught in no shape or form in any school system, mm -hmm. which is just, I, you know, I get my MBA, like a pretty decent school. We're not, we don't even talk about that shit there. It's like, mm -hmm. why aren't things applicable to what we have to do every day? I know when I worked in the service industry for so long and when it comes to tipping, I'm like, kids should be learning like tipping etiquette and just sure. things like add it into your math class, you know, 20% of this, <laughs> like there's just things that you are going to use in life. And in America, I mean, I just, I think personally as a server. I'm like, why aren't kids learning this in school? Yeah, like son of a bitch. I just ran up and down the, the freaking restaurant an hour and a half for you. There's so many life lessons that you just, you learn after school. So 100%. I feel like that's why so many people like don't even want to go to college anymore. Cause they're like, I already know what I want to do with my life and college isn't going to teach me anything that's going to help. Yeah. I mean, I could say, I don't, I think other than the relate, like that's the interesting thing we talked about when everything went virtual, I think about my college experience. Mm -hmm. I don't know that I would have stayed in college. Like part of the reason I was there was because of the experience. I played sports in college, like stuff like that. I mean, the school was just like an afterthought, like shit, I got to check the box. I'm going to do it. And I even like on my LinkedIn profile, I think it says like my title or whatever is like overpriced, overpriced MBA ex-banker gone to entrepreneurs. <laughs> you know, the MBA was like over a hundred grand. And the one oh of the God. values I get from the damn thing is just saying I have it. So yeah. then people like will think like, okay, somewhat credible. Like that's the value I get. <laughs> totally. That's the best part of my degree is I'm like, well, I have a bachelor's degree. Okay. I'm not stupid. <laughs> yeah, there it is. You see the piece of paper. I'm legit. <laughs> yeah. I graduated with honors once upon a time. Yeah, 15 right. Like <laughs> drop that shit. <laughs> Seriously. Okay, I have so many more questions, but I just want to take a quick little break and then get back into it. 
All right, let's face it, ladies. It's not uncommon for a feminine order to be more noticeable in the summer due to the combination of sweat and increased moisture. But look, just because it's common doesn't mean it's not taboo. In fact, many women are afraid to talk about vaginal odor for fear of being judged or embarrassed. So don't worry, ladies, because we have you covered with one of the best products to tackle feminine odor. So it is called... PhD. You've heard it here before. You've seen it on my Instagram. I love these products. They not only have the boric acid foam wash, but they also have the suppositories. So when the weather heats up, you know, so does the topic of feminine odor and hygiene. Every summer, there are countless articles and blog posts dedicated to the best ways to stay fresh and avoid the dreaded summer stink. PhD is a company that makes feminine health products that contain boric acid, which is a holistic ingredient used for vaginal odors. So if you're concerned about summer stink, don't be afraid to take some proactive steps and keep your vagina happy and healthy. I mean, we're all in this sweaty boat together. So ladies, let's talk about it. Let's fix the problem. Let's get some PhD. I just want to empower women to speak openly and honestly about vaginal health, you know, and if there are amazing products out there like PhD, why not use them? They are trustworthy feminine care products that actually work. Because when you have a feminine issue, you do want a solution immediately. And for those of you who didn't know what boric acid is, it is a natural compound found in seawater that has been recommended by doctors for decades as a safe holistic alternative. PhD is the number one doctor recommended brand of boric acid vaginal suppositories. And PhD believes that vaginal care is crucial to your overall well-being. Register now at phdfeminineinhealth.com slash win to receive a free summer gift basket, which contains lifestyle products, a retail value of over $100, plus a $500 Visa gift card. Go to phdfeminineinhealth.com slash win. Also get 20% off all products right now. Use code Sheena, phdfeminineinhealth.com slash win. And ladies keep listening because this is also for you. So I've recently weaned myself off breastfeeding, but actually off pumping because summer stopped latching back in December. So what was my lifesaver when I was on the go and she wouldn't latch is the LV. If you haven't heard of the LV pump, you need to look it up immediately because this thing, literally, whether I was at a football game, at dinner, at the grocery store, in the car driving, cleaning around the house, like whatever I needed to do, I had the LV just in my bra and it was a lifesaver. The one thing I love about it too, I mean, there's, I love everything about it, but the one thing that's really cool is it's connected to an app on your phone. So you can change the levels that you want if you need, you know, it to be a little stronger. If it's sucking your nipple a little too much, then you pull it back. You can do that all from your phone. So you control your pump remotely and it also keeps tabs on your pumping history. And that's all without ever having to reach into your bra. Right now they have just launched a new LV and that's called the LV Stride, which is their new hospital grade hands-free electric breast pump. It's powerful yet quiet. It blends into the background of everyday life without sacrificing power, comfort, or efficiency. Like I just looked like I had really big boobs under my shirt. No one could ever tell I was pumping 
until I pulled them out. It's lightweight, in bra, worn under clothing, like I said. LV's lightweight breast pump collects milk in bra. So it keeps your hands and body free to move about and do whatever you need to do. It's like feeding the baby takes so much time. It's basically almost a full-time job if you do the math. So if you're pumping on top of that, it feels like double that time. And I know because I did it for six months exclusively pumping and LV got me through those six months, literally LV. I cannot stress it enough how amazing these products are. So visit lv.com slash Shay for more information. That is E-L-V-I-E.com slash Shay to get your hands on the LV stride. Okay, so back to Bachelor Bachelorette. I have some general questions that anytime I have anyone from Bachelor Nation on, I always like to know some behind the scenes things. So I'm not sure how much you can say, but... I want to know, first off, how many suits do you pack? Like, how many dresses do the girls pack? You know, there's how many rose ceremonies. You don't know if you're going to get sent home night one or be at the final rose. So take me through packing when you find out you're going on this show. And also, were you nominated or did you apply? So I had a, um, I did a bachelor auction in Rochester, New York. So okay. What they do for that is Gilda Radner was a former comedian from SNL. Uh-huh. She died abruptly of over ovarian cancer. So they oh. created a non-for-profit for her. This was a, a charity event where people come like dressed in tuxedos and they have paddles and they bid on a bachelor to go on a date with based on how they come out and dance. And so they, everyone comes up, you raise money before. And then I came out to old time rock and roll and I had... You know, pretty much stripping on stage. And I, I got bid for the most that night. And so there was a oh video from that night of two of us, me and my best friend who got nominated. And still, so the day, it was like nine months later, I, ran, I don't even live in New York anymore. I get a call. I live in Seattle. Hey, this is The Bachelor. Are you still single? Do you still live in New York? And I'm like, well, I'm still single. I don't live in New York. Like, is this real? So I call my best buddy. It's just catching up. Like, dude, you're not going to believe. I got to talk to you about something. He's like, wait a second. I got to talk to you about something. I was like, okay, I'm nervous. You go first. He's like, dude, the bachelor just called me. I'm like, shut the fuck up. No. The bachelor both called us the same day from that same event. Wow. Um, we both went on and then I ended, up, I ended up getting picked. And ironically enough, there was some date where, um, you know, Becca, that was a bachelorette, brought my friends out and I and surprised me. He was one of the guys they brought out. So he jokes oh, around. He's like, I still got on the show. Season 14, episode six. I was there. <laughs> uh, so that's how that worked out. Um, and then for packing, it was a train wreck. I mean, pure disaster. I like, mean, do you repeat suits, shirts, ties? Like, I'm getting stressed thinking about it. What I did was I packed, I think it was like four neutral colors, right? Like, or just uh-huh. like basics. Like I had black, gray, and I had two different varieties of blue. And what my strategy was, was to change the tie and the shirt okay. color. Yeah. And so what I would do too, is I would like work with like, so like Golden or Blake or them, I would take their tie. They would take my tie. We would change unders. We would change jackets. Yeah. Oh. We would like work the whole system. So that was, that was the angle there. And that, then I remember when we started getting further along, what we started doing was we would have very small time windows where we could actually like go do stuff. And we would convince producers like, can you take us to the mall? And then we would go to the mall and like buy new clothes based on the city we were at and the weather. Okay. 
<laughs> I always wonder that too, because I'm like, okay, with the girls, you know, you can't be swapping dresses because you're going to recognize that red sparkly dress from two episodes prior, you know? So you guys can do that. But I'm like, how many dresses do these women pack? And when you get to a certain point, you know, they're like, okay, we're going to gift you dresses. Or if they have sort of like trades with certain designers because it's guaranteed to make it on air, if it's a rose ceremony, I'm always so curious. I have heard now that a lot of the, because social media wasn't as big then as it was now. Totally. But I've heard that a lot of the big social media uh, companies find out who's going on the show mm-hmm. and then they'll try and gift them stuff in advance because they know that they can repost that once it's on. So I think oh. it's changed a little bit. I'll tell you this yeah. much, I didn't, get, I didn't get any freaking calls before <laughs> I went on the show. <laughs> no, it's now, I mean, I feel like every season of The Bachelor or Bachelorette now is who's the next social media influencer? Who's yeah. the next podcaster, you know? There you go. Yeah, my uh, soon-to-be husband has an app called Homebody, which is a live streaming fitness and wellness app where he wants to do a whole section of just like Bachelor Nation in each season. It's always, you know, a revolving door of new talent and people can, it's basically like the cameo for health and wellness. So you set your price to do your class and then, you know, your fans take your classes and smart. they make money on top of that. Every season, there's a new fitness instructor. Every season. season. (laughs) So true. I also have always wanted to know when it comes to the rose ceremony, like especially the first night, is there an earpiece? There's no way that they're memorizing these names. Do they do like three names at a time, step away? How does that work? That's what I, I, I think that's what Becca would do. She would do like four names mm-hmm. and then step away and then come back with four names. And at no point did, I mean, she was pretty good. She didn't screw up names at mm-hmm. all. I've seen some of the blooper reels. Oh my God, it's so bad. Where they forgot <laughs> who it was, but one of the bachelors called like, there are two Katie's. Oh yeah. Katie and the, the Katie called originally who came up to get a rose. He was like, oh shit. And he had to go. I think it was Jesse Palmer, the host now. He had to, they, she had to go. So oh people are like, have these theories where like the names written on the rose, stuff like that. Yeah. Not written on the rose. I, I think they just take like two, three names, go out and come back. Gotcha. Those rose ceremonies, I'll tell you this, those rose ceremonies are long. I mean, I mean, the sun long. is usually coming up. It's yeah. like, what time you sometimes start? <laughs> you see people pass out a lot, right? Oh, yeah. And that's a, that's a standard. Like if you think about weddings, a lot of people will pass out at weddings, right? Like when they're part of the wedding party, because mm-hmm. there's so many people in such a confined space, the heat gets up. People will lock their knees up and they're standing for a long time. Mm-hmm. And that's what would happen in the show. Like people will go down. I mean, it's crazy. I have seen that, especially like Bachelor in Paradise when you're in that heat and humidity and then, you know, you're drinking and probably not eating enough. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so did you watch the show before you went on it? Did you know what you were getting into? So I watched uh, like early, like 2002, I would watch with my mom. I remember we watched Tristan Ryan season. I was in high school. Yes. You know, oh my God, I, the same high yeah, school. I remember I was, it was more like a bonding thing with my mom. I remember sitting on the couch, just like watching. Yeah. I remember thinking, Ryan, what a nice guy this guy is. I should be like him one day. And then I never <laughs> really watched it, except in my 20s, I did have one roommate who was obsessed. He watched every episode, every, he doesn't watch anymore, but I think I'd ruin that for him. But he would literally watch every single 
show and we would like joke around and watch with it here and there. Like we thought we were too cool, but then we would get trapped in. Like I remember Jojo season. I was like chirping him. I'm like, this is the dumbest show. Like, oh, here we go. And, and my buddy Hawk and I, the same guy who got asked to go on, we'd sit down, his name's Ram, sit down and we'd watch the show. And then I remember Chad, remember the chat? I don't know if you saw Jojo season, but there was I this dated guy, Chad, Chad, who was like, you dated Chad? <laughs> no way. Yeah. Get I had out of here. A few of the guys from Jojo season. It was, a, it was a time in my life. No way. Yeah, I, that's hilarious. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So, so T, so I know him very well. <laughs> okay. So you know him a whole lot better than I do. I've never met the guy, but big Jack Jet. I was like, Oh my God, this fucking guy's out of control. I got to keep, I can't, I can't get up. Like we had plans to go to the bar. We watched the whole entire episode. Uh-huh. And I'd be like, all right, I'm setting my alarm for next Monday. This, this guy is pure entertainment. Oh yeah. And I kept coming back to watch cause of him. I was like, so anyway, uh, uh-huh. I didn't watch it regularly, but I did get caught into that season. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I did too. I got super caught up into that season. <laughs> Who else did you date from that season? Oh, uh, Robbie Hayes and I had a little fling. Uh-huh. Um, Never mind. Case. Maybe I did. I don't know. Yeah, I mean. I, I think I met him quick. Yeah, I made out with Chase a few times. There you go. Yeah, with Robbie a few times. But Chad, we were like, actually seen each other for, wow. I don't know, maybe only a couple months, met him at a football game. And then I was actually moving to Las Vegas to do a show out there. I headlined an off-Broadway scripted comedy on stage at the Paris oh, cool. Hotel. And he came out for my opening night. A bunch of the guys came. Wow. And he just got so shit-faced. Like oh, it shit. was... It was bad. And um, yeah, it kind of ended after that trip. Uh, But it it was a lot. But outside (laughs) of that part of him, like there was like a sweet guy inside who loved his little puppy. And yeah, but um, there there was also that other side. So (laughs) there you go. Um, Okay. Enough with the the Bachelor um, (laughs) past uh, JoJo season. All right. So last night I was looking up your very extensive hosting reel, like list of shows that you've done. You have co-hosted so many shows. What has been one of your favorites that you've done? I I think the, the thing that I least expected to ever do in my life that I had the most fun doing was being on the uh, final judge panel for Listen to Your Heart. And so Rita Wilson, Tom Hanks's uh, wife, if anybody doesn't know, she's uh-huh. very, very successful in her own right with music and, and acting. And then Jewel and then uh, Tay Diggs and Caitlin and I did it. And I had so much fun with that. It was oh, such a blast. Talent was just like absolutely next level. Uh, we all got to go out after, which was a blast. It was, it was awesome. A funny full circle moment from that though, because we filmed late February, 2020, late uh-huh. February. And all of a sudden it's like early March in the pandemic's hitting. And so we're like, what the fuck? you know, I don't know if you remember this, but, but Tom Hanks and Rita Wilson, they were like the first, the first people to get COVID in the planet. Yeah. It was like in COVID. Australia or something, right? Yeah. And Caitlin yeah. was sick as shit. I've never seen Caitlin this sick ever. And it was like mid, mid-March. mid Literally mm-hmm. could not move off the couch. As we're looking on the TV and they're talking about Rita Wilson having COVID. And I'm thinking like, oh my God, 
we just got mm-hmm. COVID from Rita Wilson. Like, is this cool or is this like bad? Is this bad? Are we screwed? <laughs> oh so my gosh. So that's that how awesome. you guys got COVID? Well, we, well, we, uh, I mean, you never really know for sure. We, at that point, there was like no testing. Oh, that's true. It took like Caitlin 10 days. There was nothing back then. I didn't get sick. And then in December, 2020, so almost a year later, we both got it really bad. And well, actually we both got it. I was out cold. She wasn't even like that affected. So Mm -hmm. maybe she did get it there. Her immunity was higher. I don't know. That's a long answer to your question. (laughs) I I do remember though, when you guys got it, because I remember seeing her post about it and being sick and she was one of the first people that like came out public. So I want to talk about your podcast. Yeah. Because I was listening to it last night and uh, I was listening to the Blake episode. Okay. So were you at, you were at Stagecoach also, right? So I, I didn't get to go, but Blake headlines Stagecoach. Yeah, no, so I, was I was there. Oh, you were there. I thought so I, I was, heard you say you were in the back or I, I thought was, I heard you say something like that. We I told him like next show, I'm going to be in the back. But oh, I, I okay. did ask a couple That's questions. Like imagine I, I was doing like these hypotheticals. Like imagine I'm in the back. Okay. I want to know what it, what does it look like? What's the crowd? Like I was like asking him to paint the picture. So I get where that was confusion, but I couldn't go. Yeah. But I immediately had him on and I was like, tell me everything. Like how much did you get paid to DJ? How much did you make on brand deals? What was the crowd like? What was everything? Blake and I were really close when we mm-hmm. were on the season together. And so, yeah, it was cool to have him on and the whole podcast. All we do is bring different people on and talk about the money they made and their career navigation. So it's been fun. I love that. And I mean, I can't believe he said around 40K he made for Stagecoach. 40K. So 40K was all in on, it was a combination, he said, of his brand deals and uh, headline DJing. And he said in that podcast too, like his rate to DJ now is around 7 to 10K a set. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a guy who came from The Bachelor. He was selling beer, came in second yeah. place. Uh, had a huge, huge, huge brand falling out with about Bachelor in Paradise, like just got absolutely ridiculed. Oh, I know. Came back from rock bottom and really built a really cool business that he has a freaking blast doing. So awesome. Yeah, I've seen him. We um, are, I mean, acquaintances, but we've met several times. I know his publicist really well. So I've been to, yeah, I love Lori. Yeah, she's great. She is great. She She does good work. She's awesome. He did a show down here at Blended Festival. And it was right after my friend James DJed. So then we stayed for his set. And I felt like I was in my own episode of Bachelor in Paradise that (laughs) night. It was like right when the season wrapped up. And I'm looking and then I'm like, oh my God, there's Abigail and Noah. And there's Becca and Thomas. And oh, Becca proposed to Thomas, by the way. (laughs) Crazy, right? I know. A lot of action out there. I mean, it's, it's wild as I haven't. Ever since Kayla and I started dating, we haven't, unless it's like a, I don't know, I feel like we haven't really gotten the mix with a lot of the Bachelor alumni. Like, so mm-hmm. most of these people I, I, I know because I'll talk about them here and there when the season's on, but I haven't really got to meet. Yeah. So do you still watch each season or not as much? Yeah, I do. I think it's more of like, if you want me to be as completely real as I can, it seems, well, this is how it is. It's more of like a chore to watch. I watch because uh, when I, you know, when you're from it and you talk about it, like being fully honest, it I'm helps like, this like is engagement and all that <laughs> shit, right? Yeah. yeah. But then what happens is I'm like, um, him and Han, here we go. I got to watch another season. Let me tweet a little bit, whatever. And mm-hmm. by, again, being self-aware by like episode 
no, yeah, episode three, I'm like totally locked in. I'm like, by by the last episode, I'm like, how the fuck did you pick him? Like, right? <laughs> so they are geniuses. Then they got me hook, line, and sinker every day. Okay, so thoughts on Becca and Thomas? So, so I never met him. Um, so I've never met him. I've heard really good things in the great mm-hmm. Here he's like a really good dude, and I think it's great. I think it's I'm happy for her. Like yeah. she had a tough go with the Ari thing. Uh, you know, her and Garrett from the season I was on, obviously that didn't pan out well. Mm-hmm. And she's, uh, I mean, it, they seem like super, super, super real. And so I'm, I'm, ha- I'm real. I think, you know, knowing Becca's personality, she needs someone that can, I think, match it. And then uh-huh. not only match it, but also be, you know, just as supportive as, as she is. And I'm not saying the other two weren't, because I don't know. But I think just from the sidelines, it looks like, he is extremely, extremely supportive of, of who she is as a person, what she believes in, and what she wants out of life. So it looks like that match she was looking for looks like third time's a charm. And, and yeah. She- yeah. I loved it when I was watching Bachelor in Paradise and she ended up like going out on the date with him when I forget whoever it was else he was talking to was on like another date or was somewhere else. And I'm like, I think this could be a fit. And then I saw <laughs> I them at Blended and I was just like, as a fan of the show, but then someone who knows a lot of people in Bachelor Nation. And also like Lori has introduced me to so many. So it was like Hannah G and Dylan were there. And so it's like, I know these people and then they introduced me to these ones. And I was like, just sitting back and felt like I was watching a live You're just like, I'm living in I, the I loved it. <laughs> it's, yeah, one, one of that's actually interesting. Paradise is one I usually don't watch. I feel like I can't. It's so much better than the regular season. Oh, I think the problem is because I'm from the franchise. I see in now there's obviously so much that happens after the show. Yeah. opportunity and stuff. I see just, I don't know. Maybe it's my vantage point. I just see so much fucking gaming going on. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, ugh. it's like, you know, I'm, they, all the people there, they know the game already. And I just feel like That's there's true. so much gaming happen that as someone who's been there and like talks to a lot of these people on the sideline, mm-hmm. uh, at least just through like a phone call here or there, I'm just, uh, I'm, I don't know. I can't get into it. Maybe this season will change. Yeah. So wait, was there Bachelor in Paradise when you were on the show? There was. Yep. Yep. Did you get asked to do it? Did you want to yeah, go on it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was asked to do it. And I actually, I went through the whole process. I got my, I talk a little bit about in the book, like how I negotiated my contract for Paradise uh-huh. and Bachelor and that's all there. But um, I signed the contract actually. And then last minute ended up saying no. One of the big reasons I said no was because my work at the time was like, you go, you're done. Like you're, it's over. Yeah. And I didn't think, the other thing too, is I think I was going, I think I was going to go on Paradise. The first time I went on the show, I went on the show because I'm like, this is really fucking cool. Why not? Like, who cares? I'm just going to give it life a shot. And if work says no, I don't, I'm going. Mm-hmm. And then on Paradise, I think the problem is the whole TV thing got to my head. Like, saw myself on TV. You're seeing your social grow. Mm-hmm. I think I wanted to only do Paradise only for like TV purposes. And I feel like that's, especially in the bachelor world, at least that's really where you get burned. Yeah. And so I ended up not going. That was, yeah. That sounds like it was a good decision. Yeah. I mean, so it, it, it all worked out. Like I, yeah. I ended up not going on that season, quite frankly, like I'm not sure that that season there was really uh, anyone like when I looked at mm-hmm. and like watched it back, like, oh, Caitlin wasn't a there. Perfect fit. Exactly. <laughs> and I met Caitlin a few, like two, three months after it. So it all works out. Oh, I know? love that. Yeah. Okay. So you said no to Bachelor in Paradise. Did you also say no to Fantasy Suites? No, Did I got I... dumped at dinner. Oh, 
floor. Yeah. Okay. That's what it was. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> okay. Um, done talking bachelor stuff because I want to talk some other things. So I'm um, going to take a quick little break and then we will be right back. Okay, so listen up to all of my makeup lovers out there. You've probably seen this on Instagram. It's called Thrive Cosmetics, and that's C-A-U-S-E Medics. So Thrive Cosmetics, they have not only so many amazing products, but cause is in the name for a reason because every purchase supports organizations that help women thrive. So that alone... I absolutely love how, I mean, literally every product purchase, they're donating to help women in need, whether that's from homelessness or, you know, fighting cancer, domestic abuse, like so many causes that Thrive is helping. So not only are their products awesome, but the ad I saw on Instagram for this liquid lash extension mascara, it got me. I was like, I have to have it. I want my lashes to look like hers. And after I tried it, they did. It's their best selling product. They have over 20,000 five star reviews. It's this super ultra lengthening eye opening mascara, like it adds length to your lashes without clumping. It doesn't smudge. It doesn't flake. It basically just mimics the look of lash extensions. So when I don't want to get my extensions done, I just use Thrive and boom, extensions in a little container. Another thing that's great about Thrive Cosmetics is they have, first of all, they don't use any parabens or sulfates or any of that stuff. It's certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, but they use clean nourishing ingredients. So it supports longer, stronger, and healthier looking lashes over time. Because isn't that what we all want? You know, that's why we get extensions is because we always want that look. But with Thrive, you just need mascara. You don't even need it. They also have this awesome liquid lip balm treatment that really helps when your lips are super dry, which happens to me all the time. So now is a great time to try Thrive Cosmetics for yourself. Right now, you can get 15% off your first order when you visit thrivecosmetics.com slash That's Thrive, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S.com slash for 15% off your first order. You will not be disappointed. So when you're hungry and you're lazy and you don't want to go to the store and you can't figure out what to make, Green Chef has just the answer for you. Green Chef is the most sustainable meal kit and the only meal kit that is both carbon and plastic offset. They offset 100% of their carbon footprint as well as 100% of plastic in every box. Green Chef offers 24 always changing recipes to choose from every week so you never get bored. This is literally time-saving recipes packed with fresh produce and vibrant flavors to help you make the most out of those long summer days. When you don't feel like going to the store and you want everything ready to go, Green Chef has everything pre-measured and prepped. All of the ingredients come straight to your door, leaving you with more time to savor the sunshine. Green Chef's pre-made and pre-measured sauces, dressings, and spices get you more chef-curated flavor in a lot less time. 
Brock and I have been eating these meals since I was pregnant and we've continued to get them because not only are they easy, but they're so fresh. They're so good. And I actually feel like a chef because out of the two of us, Brock is definitely the better cook. But whenever I have a green chef meal, he's like, oh my God, honey, how did you make that? It was so good. And I'm like, it's my secret. It's green chef. Green Chef is my secret. And I'm telling all of my shenanigans listeners, go to greenchef.com slash Shay130 and use code Shay130 to get $130 off plus free shipping. Again, go to greenchef.com slash Shay130 and use code Shay130 to get $130 off plus free shipping. Green Chef is the number one meal kit for eating well. So back to your podcast, Trading Secrets. Mm -hmm. Who came up with this idea? What is the best secret you've ever gotten? Best, worst? I want to know. Give me a secret. I I want to trade secrets with you. I love it. So the concept (laughs) came because I was like really interested in like what all the people after the show do. Well, I've always been really interested in money. Like I'm always interested in like what they make. I wonder how much that costs. Like I've been Mm -hmm. intrigued with that since like day one. And then I got off the show. I'm like, man, there's a lot of fucking money in this world. This is crazy. Like Mm -hmm. nobody's talking about it. Why is no, like everyone's getting made fun of to sell sugar bear hair, but no one's like, huh? Yeah. They just paid me 10 grand to do that. Like, why is anybody talking about the money? So I got really curious about the money with people from these shows after. And then I was like, wait a second, there could be something here. Like, let's disclose the money and business lessons behind all these industries. And so Mm -hmm. that was the idea behind it. And so we've done it with, oh, we've had some really great guests on. We've had like uh, Gary Vanderchuk. We've had A-Rod from the Yankees. We've had Rob Deerdick from MTV. Kevin O'Leary from Shark Tank. Just had Jason Oppenheim on from Sunset. Had Lala Kent on from Vanderpump. We'll have to have you on. Uh, so yeah, we love Like that. a show or, uh, or, or a genre, we've, we've, we've touched it. Um, so it's been really cool to like dive into all these industries and hear acting, musicians, accountants, attorneys, like the inside. Mm-hmm. scoop, the money that's made, the money that's lost, things you got to know from the people that know it best. And I think oh, there's been, so what the, the idea is that everyone comes on, they talk about the money they made for good or for bad. And the idea is that we can break this, this mold that's in place where it's uncomfortable or politically incorrect to talk about money. The reason mm-hmm. I want to break it is because the more we talk about it, the more we know, the more we know, the better we can navigate our careers and navigate negotiation and put ourselves in a better position Absolutely. Like, financially and independently happy. So that's like the premise behind it. And then it's gone really well. We've had, uh, we do a show every Monday. It's called Trading Secrets. Just had over uh, a year doing it. And it's the, we've, we've done really successful in the business and career space with it. And I think some there's some crazy things like uh, Rob Deerdick from MTV made 125K an episode. But what he did with like Robin Big and, and ridiculousness was he negotiated his integration rights so that if he brought brand deals into the show, he could actually get paid on it. So we went from making 125K an episode to making millions an episode. Um, what? Yeah. One of the things he talked about too was he had owned a production company that was doing like nothing. Like, like they were doing shoot, I think it was like 50K or something like 100K a year in, in mm-hmm. revenue. And so what he did was he made a mandate that every one of the shows is then produced through his production company. So his production company went from doing like, I don't know, 50, 100 grand to like 50 million guaranteed based wow. on producing every company. So like he was extremely intelligent. Um, you talk about 
you know, oh, let's see, A-Rod, A-Rod's big thing was, you know, at a very early age, like 22, his first contract, he immediately started investing in real estate. So he didn't really have much. His mom was, came from nothing. Uh, she negotiated his first deal and then he got paid and boom, immediately started investing in real estate. That paid off. Molly's Game, crazy. Molly Bloom from Molly's Game. If you guys haven't yeah. watched the show, her show's fucking crazy. I mean, she was supposed to be a professional skier. She gets injured on her trial run at the Olympics, breaks her mm-hmm. back, becomes an assistant in LA just trying to grind. She becomes an assistant for this big time business guy. She starts running his poker games. She then goes from running the poker games to taking over his poker games. He didn't know about it. He, she has the biggest celebrities out there, George Clooney, Leonardo DiCaprio, Tobey Maguire, huge politicians, huge billionaires playing. Can't sit at the table unless you have 250K. She was wow. making, she told me she was making 5 million a year in cash. Off what? running poker games at hotels in LA. And then it got Damn, really bad. I was doing the wrong poker games got, back in my day. Yeah. It got <laughs> so bad that she had the Russian mafia with a gun down her throat saying, like, you cut us into the games, we're gonna blow your head off. Like she had crazy yeah. shit going on like that. And inevitably she talked about the fact that she had 17, 17 FBI agents with automatics run into her, like take her down point blank. They're like for her arrest. She looks at her bank account. She has minus $9 million because they seized everything. And one of the coolest takeaways from her story was they offered her a plea deal. They said, if you rat out the politicians who are at your game, you tell us who from politics playing your game, you're free from all charges and you owe no debts back to us. And she wouldn't do it. And so she, I'm like, here's my black book. <laughs> she, she's still, yeah, right. She's still paying that. Wow. So those are just a few stories, but we've had some really cool guests and fun stuff. It's all money career. And the cool thing is I think through each of those lessons, there's some like wild takeaways that I think you can apply to your life, no matter what your profession is. Yeah. Okay. So I need to listen to more episodes because this might help me in negotiations and things with my own career. So the one you should definitely listen to. The one for sure, if you're in the influencing space or you want to be in the influencing space, mm-hmm. is the second episode we did. So it was last May or June. And it was the CEO with the CEO of a very, very, very large um, uh, agency. And he talks about all the inside scoop of agency influencer deals, how they're constructed, things you should know when negotiating, et cetera. So check that one out. Interesting. Okay, I definitely will. So when people come on the show, I mean, isn't there like confidentiality in contracts? Like I feel like I'm not allowed to publicly say how much I make per episode or per post or certain things like that. Yeah, I mean, I think some people don't care. <laughs> some people just don't uh, give a fuck. <laughs> for me, like I do a Jason Tells All episode. So like I did one for 2021 and I talk about, I bring out my money, like exactly what I made and what I mm-hmm. did. Now there are certain things I can't talk about a specific brand, right? Like I can't be like, oh, I did this state firm insurance deal and this was the dollar amount. What I can say is like this oh, year. Oh, general. Yeah, just strictly on okay. influencing, I made this amount. Or I'll be like, on this deal, but I can't say the brand. Like I try and stay within all my agreements because I don't want to get slapped on the wrist. Uh, wrist. But I'll tell you, I've definitely, uh, I've gotten in trouble a few times for talking about things I didn't realize mm-hmm. I was contractually obligated not to talk about. Um, yeah. But also a lot of people aren't. And so either some people don't care, some people just love the message of like, people should know this, or some people aren't contracted and not talk about it. Yeah, that makes sense. Makes it fun. 
Yeah, totally. Because I, I mean, I do know just our contracts are so strict. So yeah. I feel like there's certain things with Vanderpump Rules specifically that obviously I couldn't get into. But as far as other brand deal go, like other brand deals go, there are so many people that comment on certain things that I post and they're like, wow, she'll post anything for a dollar, <laughs> a couple thousand. I'm like, <laughs> a couple? Like, it's <laughs> a lot more than a couple. And if you got paid what I got paid, you would be posting posting it as well. Exactly. Like, yeah. I'll post Precise. a vibrator. I don't care. <laughs> I use it. Why not post it? Share the love. Come on. <laughs> it's organic. Yeah, totally. Oh my God. This is so, so interesting. Yeah. I just, I went straight to the Blake episode because I was curious after being at his set at Stagecoach, I wondered that too. I'm like, I wonder what he made for this. And I always do wonder what people after Bachelor make with their brand deals because a lot of them leave their actual careers and just become influencers. And I'm like, you must be making enough to, you know, uproot your life, move to LA and just live the LA lifestyle. Yeah. I mean, the one thing I talk about on the podcast a lot is, well, what's interesting about the shows, like even the Real Housewives, and I, I'm trying to really rack my head around the La La Ken episode if she got into it. I think what they'll do too is they'll give me high dollars. Be like, all right, come on, Lala. Is it like less than 15K an episode? And then like, she'll give me a range. So if she's stuck, that's a good way to get around it. But I think that's what's interesting true. Yeah, about you did that with Blake. Bachelor Nation is you get, yeah, I did that with Blake. Mm -hmm. You get, uh, you get massive, massive engagement from an audience that's very desired to be marketing to. And so that's why Bachelor people when they get off the show are given exorbitant rates. But like anything, a lot of Bachelor people, uh, I don't want to speak for everyone, uh, negotiation comes into effect and some people represent themselves very well. Uh, some mm -hmm. people um, don't realize the value they have and they're not getting paid for it. And what's that's crazy, so true. Okay, this is why talking about it is good because you bring five bachelor people to the table and let's yeah. say, well, why don't we just say, how much you get paid for this? You know how much information we now have? Because you guys have all the same following, you're on the same season and one got paid literally six times you. So don't we, shouldn't we talk about this? Like these are the conversations we have. And that's what I do with like my friends. Cause you know, not sure. everyone on Vanderpump Rules are your close friends that you trust. You know, yeah. they're your co-stars, your coworkers, but the majority of us are a group of close-knit friends. And when we're getting offered the same brand deals, I'm like, well, I just found out, like, especially when Brittany and I, we both had babies literally two weeks apart from each other. Sure. And we also had the same agency representing us and she would get offered more for a job than I would. And I'm like, is it because she has a couple hundred thousand more followers? But it was like, there was one job specifically, it was a substantial difference in money. And mine was a static post and so many stories and hers was only a couple stories. I'm like, so because she has 200,000 more followers and it was just interesting where I'm like, we're friends. You can't expect us to not talk when it's yeah. the same brand paying us. A hundred percent. And there's a chapter in the book too. I talk about examples exactly like this and some strategies, whether you're an influencer or you're again, a, you know, any position, you're a business development person, if you're listening to this or you're in some occupation, whatever mm -hmm. you're doing, you got to negotiate for yourself. Only 37,000, uh, 37. Yeah. I think it's 37% of people in their entire careers actually negotiate themselves within their career. So I think that's wow. a huge takeaway and it's something that we got to get on. Yeah, definitely. 
So how did uh, Caitlin do with hosting Bachelor, Bachelorette? That had to have been a nice paycheck for her, right? She Well, I've, I've been trying to get her on the podcast for quite some time. And she, <laughs> uh, she still hasn't accepted my offer. So the second Damn. she comes on, that'll be one of the first questions. Oh, but yeah. I do believe the reason she's not accepting is because she's not comfortable talking about that stuff. So if, uh, if she's not willing to share it, I certainly, uh, I yeah. certainly can on her behalf. <laughs> well, she absolutely crushed it. Like, she did great. She, she I mean, and honestly, like, I mean, love Tasha, but the time when it was just Caitlin hosting, I was like, this could literally be the next host, like forever. She was just so good by herself. I mean, great with Tasha also, you know, they play off each other, but Caitlin is just a very talented young woman. So yeah, I, mean, I she, thought she did such a great job. She killed it. And I think if, you know, any hosting gig that she had an opportunity to do, you give her a, uh, you give her a mic, a stage and a teleprompter and she doesn't even need a teleprompter. She's mm-hmm. going to knock it out of the park. She's very, Wow. Very... No teleprompter. Yeah. She's good. I think she's That's... actually, I'm the kind of guy, like if there's a teleprompter, I'll, I'll nail it. I got it. Mm-hmm. But I need that fucking teleprompter. Yeah. She's the kind of person she actually prefers not to have it. And like even podcasts, like I like to in general have an idea, like give me an idea of what you want to talk about just so I'm not like totally caught off guard. Even mm-hmm. if I have podcasts with Keelan, she's like, come on the podcast. Okay, sure. What do we, give me an idea. She, mm-hmm. now, like her, she doesn't want any prep. She's like, I want to know nothing because when I know nothing, you're just going to get me. So I commend yeah. her for that. Everyone's got their thing, you know? Yeah. I feel like I'm right in between both of you were, I do love a good teleprompter, but then also for <laughs> interviews, I'm just like, eh, whatever. I'll say yeah. whatever. I'm an open book. <laughs> All right. Well, I do want to get to some questions that um, yeah. you were not prepared for because they came in from in. fans. So I'll just, I'll give you a minute to just, um, you know, mentally prepare for that. We're going to take a little break. Okay. They're easy. Okay, so to wrap up the podcast, we've got some fan questions that came in. All right, so I like it. you you've not been prepared for these. <laughs> if you don't want to answer one, that's totally fine. Bring them on. <laughs> All right, Hallie K. Johnson wants to know who do you think from Bachelor Nation should start dating? Who should start dating? God, I wish I knew more people from Bachelor Nation. Okay. Um. Bu- 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 Okay, Michael A. I'm trying to. I'm just going with someone who's single. Who would mm-hmm. Michael A. be good with? Um, See the one that's the dad. Ooh, yeah. I'm gonna just come up with this one. Michael A. and Claire. <gasps> right. I just thought of that time I had because Claire's here in Nashville. Wasn't he on her season? <laughs> Carly. Michael A. and Carly. Carly Waddle. Yes. <laughs> okay. I was Carly like, he was, was on Claire's season. Carly has a couple kids. She's sweet. She lives in Nashville. Michael's a sweet guy. I think they seem both very mature. There you go. Carly and Michael A. That's my ship of the day. Okay. I like that. I like that one. Rachel underscore Amali wants to know what savings account should we open up? Um, Ooh, if you don't need your money liquid right now, like if you can afford for it to just be away for a little bit, the best savings account is through the treasury. You can get an I bond. So you go to treasurydirect.gov. It's through the government and your rate will be over 9% right now. So if you go to any savings account, it's gonna be like 0.001, 0.005, 0.05. And I bond, any United States citizen has the opportunity to buy it. You could put up to $10,000 in there and you will get a guaranteed 9% return. 
Wow. So is that yes. what I should do for my baby? If you, well, so for your baby, there's there's a bunch of options, right? There's different like tax op- op- options that you could start saving for the future. Uh-huh. But one way that's not bad, post-tax dollars, put in an I-bond for your baby. They are, the idea is that you are going to earn the government's way of at least keeping your money slightly above inflation. So inflation is crazy okay. right now. And it's 9%. Go to just treasury, uh, treasurydirect.gov and then open an account and do a series I bond. And that's over 9%. And that would be great for your daughter to get it going, especially if you contributed to that like every six months. Yeah. Oh my God. Okay. Wow. I'm glad um, Rachel asked that question because I <laughs> should know that. <laughs> that's my a- financial tip of the day. Yeah. Awesome. Thank There's you. There's also for your your daughter look into 529 savings plans. So there's 529 savings plans the government has put in place. There's tax incentives uh, that allow you to start now saving for your child's education. I feel like that's the one that I had been told about. Yes. Look into the 529 plan. Okay. Perfect. Tax advantage account for, for college savings. Okay. Good to know. Adriana underscore Heaton. Favorite thing that has happened since the show besides Caitlin and least fave? Ooh, okay. Uh, favorite thing. Favorite thing that's happened because of the show or after the show? Um, since the show. Since the show. Ooh, there's been some cool things. I think, I honestly think the podcast has been one of the coolest things because as a result of the podcast, I've built a ton of relationships with these really cool people that I've had Mm -hmm. on. And then I also invested, I'm 50% owner of a social media talent agency. So where we we will source deals for all different influencers and talent. And so I've got to leverage some of the relationships I've built from podcasting to then be able to um, um, place like brand deals, endorsement deals, event deals uh, with people. So it's been really fun and it's been monetarily great. Awesome. Natalie underscore 313 wants to know, how do you prioritize time between work and personal? She said that she loves you so much. Oh, that's so sweet. I mean, that's a tough thing to do, Mm -hmm. uh, especially with Caitlin and I. We're both extremely independently driven in totally different ways. And we're very focused on our career. So setting time for us has been something that we've been trying to like really work on. And Mm -hmm. it's not the easiest. Um, One of the things I think we try and do is just time block a little bit. And like we make commitments to like, let's take our phone out and let's just do this. And we'll do like a dinner, no phone and just talk. Or we'll do game nights. Like I think time blocking time away from work and I can't get my head off business. It's an issue. But mm-hmm. like she'll say, she'll oh God, that's Brock. the expectation. <laughs> we'll be like playing a game or something. She's like, no business questions. And I'm like, fuck, okay. No business questions. <laughs> What's your so, go-to game on game night? Monopoly deal. You ever play Stop. it? Stop. Shut up. I was just going to say, if you didn't say that, I was going to say, I have a game for <laughs> you. Brock and it, I will just sit and play that. Just the two of us. That is literally time. our fave. All the time. Monopoly deal is by I far. love that. Our number one. Now, one thing, any Monopoly deal players out there, question for you. Do mm-hmm. you, you know the deal breaker? You know, mm-hmm. so there's the, the deal breaker. There's two of them game. in the deck. There's two of them. So if you get dealt two deal breakers or you pick up two deal, two deal breakers, your probability of winning is like exponentially high. So sure. we've so com- gotten so competitive, we take one deal breaker out. So there's only one Ooh. deal breaker in the game. 
And we I also like play that. four Monopolies to win. The, the rules say you need three. We do too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> game night. We'll have to do a game night one of these oh days. Oh my God. I would love that. We were supposed <laughs> to be in Nashville a couple weeks ago for Lala's live podcast. Oh, and yeah. then Brock got his meeting with immigration and he called gotcha. to change it. And they're like, considering this is for your green card. Like, gotcha. you really want to do is, that? This is U.S. immigration. You need to be here. And <laughs> I was so bummed we, this. yeah. <laughs> But uh, so we are due for a Nashville Monopoly trip. deal, Nashville double date. <laughs> yes. All right. Emma C. Lovin wants to know, since you were almost going to propose to Becca on her season, what are the differences between her and Caitlin? The different, uh, oh, they're so different. <laughs> Night and day. <laughs> they're, uh, I mean, you know, y- y- Listen, in a 10-week period, you can only get to know someone so well. So mm-hmm. while, of course, I definitely know Becca, you only get to know her so well. I know Caitlin like the back of my hand. Yeah. Um, but I think their styles are very different. Um, just their cadence is different. Their communication styles are different. Their day-to-day, like, happiness, what, what drives their happiness for hobbies mm-hmm. and activities, I think, are different. Uh, but I think one of the things that, like, is very similar with them is they're both, like, very, very focused on women empowerment and, and, and women's rights and um, making a voice for all and any women out there as loud and proud as they can, which is a really cool thing that they both both do. I think they inspire a lot of individuals out there. So that's a pretty cool common trait that they have. Definitely. Stacy Havermont wants to know if you and Caitlin will stay in Nashville or will you eventually move somewhere else? Depends who you ask. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to move at some point. Caitlin, I don't know that she's fully convinced yet. So that is definitely a point of contention we're talking through. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Last question from the Chilean princess. All who right. was your first celebrity crush? My first celebrity crush, if you consider this a celebrity crush, the Pink Ranger, Kimberly. Do you remember her? I loved her. She was my favorite. She was my girl. And then like my like real celebrity crush, like oh, I was yeah. in middle school, I was obsessed with Britney Spears. I mean like obsessed. Same. Mm-hmm. Obsessed. Now, if you ask me, it would probably be like... Uh, like I mean, like, like in my 20s, like Angelina Jolie was... Yeah. Uh, that was it. Solid answers. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much for taking the time to get into some shenanigans with me. New book, Restart Roadmap, is available now. New podcast every Monday, Trading Secrets with Dear Media. Thank you so thank much, Thank you so Jason. much for having me. This was a blast. I really appreciate it. So um, fun. And, and all the best. Maybe when you're out in LA, when we're out in LA, or you're here, let us know and... Hopefully we'll connect at some point. Definitely. Let's do it. All right. All right. Thanks for listening, guys. Bye. Sheena Shea. Shea FK. Thanks for listening to Shenanigans with Sheena Shea. Download new episodes every week on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. <laughs>